0: Are there any third-order Franciscans in this church? Are there third-order Carmelites? Okay. Well, just wondering. Um, There is a saying that's attributed to St. Francis, but I read all the time that uh, no one really says that he said it, but it's attributed to him, and it goes like this. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary... Use words. If necessary, use words. So in other words, the gospel of love. Oh, we can go on and on about we should love everybody, blah, 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 blah about love. But the question is, do you do it? Because if we're not living it, then we're saying one thing but doing another. So preaching the gospel is about the way we live, not just, although it includes, the way we speak. I was reading in, um, this morning because I, I, uh, I kind of refocused after I preached last night. And, I mean, I think the center today is, is that little phrase, fear no one. And um, so I went to Siri, he, she, or it, I don't know what Siri is, but I asked Siri, how many times does the phrase fear not or an equivalent show up in the scriptures? I put in the Gospels. So what pops up, this big article, and said, some say 365 times, and, and the, the scriptures love numerology, they love to connect to numbers, three strikes, you're out, seven the perfect number, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles. So 365 is a perfect number, I mean, it's the number of days in a year. So that would say, every single day, remind yourself, don't be afraid, but actually read after that that it appears over 500 times in all of the scriptures. And Jesus all the time was saying, don't be afraid. Fear is useless. Do not fear. He said it when he was uh, walking on the water and got in the boat and the apostles were scared to death. Why are you afraid? He asked, why are you afraid? And before almost every healing, almost, uh, he'd ask somebody what they want. They'd say, I want to see or whatever. And then he'd always say this, now don't be afraid, trust, have faith. So I think that that not having fear is is a very important, maybe even essential component of faith. Because if we have fear, then probably we're trusting less. But if our fear gets blocked or erased or lessened because we have trust, then we're really responding to God's call, and especially to Jesus. Now, I think this is particularly true because we're looking at little Madeline here. Now, I'm no psychologist, and I'm not going to say that I know this for sure, but I think fear is something probably that we teach. I'll bet you the majority of fear that children get comes from the parents or somebody big and important in their life. They imitate everything that we say and do. And so if we walk around fearful, fearful, and we're emanating fear all the time. And it, it comes out not just in word, it comes in, in, the, in our brows, you know, the way we wrinkle our brows or the, or the way we just react. And children pick it up, they're like little human sponges, and they catch everything. So uh, here we have Madeline here, and she's munching on her little crunchies there, and she's in the arms of, of, of family, friends, and, and she's just delighted. And that's the way she should be raised. She should find that delight in the Lord. But... I'd like to read again to you what the Scripture says, because it's almost poetic today. Um, Jesus speaks of, about the way the, the world lives, and then he talks about the way of the kingdom. And he does this parallelism that is beautifully written by Matthew. He says, fear no one. Then he says, nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be made known. What I say to you in darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul because, look at this, are not sparrows sold for a coin? They're not expensive. Just a coin buys you sparrows and yet not one sparrow will fall to the ground without the Father permitting it to happen. Not one hair of your head Not one hair of your head will you lose without the Father's permission. Every hair is counted. I particularly uh, make that made known and true because there aren't a whole bunch of hairs on my head, and so therefore I make God's job a little easier just by existing. Now, I have to admit a sin. (laughs) I have never really appreciated people who stand on street corners or in front of Rite Aid or the market shouting the gospel, especially when they shout negative things. And if you don't do this, you will be condemned. And I just, oh, please, I want to say go into your church and shout, but don't don't stand on the corner and abuse everybody coming in. So I read, I happened to read this little thing today, and it struck me. And the person said, maybe those preachers have read this particular gospel today. And they heard things in the secret of their heart, And now they're standing on the rooftops to proclaim it. I said, yeah, maybe that's so. Maybe I shouldn't be judgmental, although I still think the message they give is important. And if it's condemnation and fear, I don't think that's from Jesus. I think that's their mistake. But, again, maybe it's not so much what we say, but what we do. And in the living of our lives, if we show no fear, we show great trust, and we live love, then it seems to me we're catching what Jesus is about. The first reading, as well as the Responsorial Psalm, and even the second reading, all spoke about um, people being betrayed and the prophet being rejected and sin entering the world through one man, through Adam, and, and salvation coming through the Christ. And all of it... All of those uh, two readings and the Responsorial Psalm keep crying out to trust in God. He will never let us down. He will always protect us and care for us. And Jesus himself, as he goes to the cross, except in Matthew where he speaks those words, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But even then, he still portrays his trust. And he never really shows fear that I can see in any of the scriptures when he's on the cross. He shows tremendous suffering. He acknowledges he is totally rejected, and yet he still finds within him the words, Father, forgive them all, they know not what they do. Where would that trust come from? Unless he trusted not only implicitly but explicitly and with all of his heart and soul that my Father is there for me, and even through this suffering, even through this death, my God will save me. I believe that. It's interesting, the opening prayer. This hit me, not last night, but this morning at Mass. And this is how we started our prayer today in here. Grant, O Lord, that we may always revere and love your holy name. And then this part. For you never deprive of your guidance those that you set firm on the foundation of your love. So, if... God, especially through Jesus Christ, has called us to love. And I believe that's true. For when asked, what do you think, Lord Jesus, is the most important commandment? He said three. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he said, all the prophets, all the law, everything is based on that. And if that is true, that's the foundation of our life with God. Then it would seem to me, not only not living in fear is important, But living in love is important. And when we live in love, when we recognize it as the foundation of our faith response to God and our way that we should live in relationship to one another and even in relationship to ourselves, that we should love self, love self, respect self, only do good for the self so that we can do it for our neighbor and in that be expressing it uh, to our God. So, we welcome a little girl, Madeline, into this faith. And as I said in the very opening, it's an instruction I give at every baptism to the parents, godparents. Uh, you know, it is your responsibility to teach Madeline this, to show her how to love God and not to, not to live in fear. And I always ask the question, are you ready and willing to fulfill this responsibility? And of course, they always say yes. They all said yes. And I believe they mean it. But we all need to say yes. We all need to say yes to that question. Are we ready and willing, so to speak, to shout from the rooftops what Jesus Christ has given to us and taught to us? So that is the call that we celebrate in this baptism. We're going to begin with you, as usual. If you could all just extend your hands over here in the direction of the font where we will uh, do the baptism. and We'll bless the waters together. And the response after each of these blessing intercessions will be, blessed be God.